body. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome to our regular listeners and those who are new to A Serious Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio every third Tuesday monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. A Serious Radio Live invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary Master of Yoga, and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. As always, be prepared for another amazing show covering fascinating topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, life on other planets, and so much more. Today, on A Serious Radio Live, your host, Quizzy Blaze is joined by her guest, Brian Kniep, author of Operation Earthlight, A Glimpse into the World of the Ascended Masters. He is also Executive Secretary at the American Headquarters of the Ethereum Society in Los Angeles. During this show, they will be discussing a fascinating and thought-provoking subject. What is God and why should you care? So it's my great pleasure to hand over to Quizzy Blaze and Brian Kniep. Thank you, Nikki, and a very warm welcome to you, Brian. Thank you very much for coming back. I know you're a regular guest on this show, and it's wonderful to have you here. Always a pleasure, Chrissy. Always a pleasure. So Brian is uh, speaking from the American headquarters in Los Angeles, and today he is, of course, a bishop in the Aetherius churches, and a very appropriate topic for him today, and I have to say probably the most important topic of all uh, is this, as Nikki said, what is God and why should we care? Um, Brian is going to explain to us, as far as he can obviously, (laughs) uh, what is God based on many decades studying with and as a very close disciple of the realized spiritual master, the founder of the Aetherius Society, Dr. George King, and also through his own studies over many years and his own experiences too and in his work as a bishop. So first of all, Brian, um, I'd like to ask you a popular question before we really start the show. Why is it that so many people, do you think, when they go through a crisis, a personal crisis, they often ask, where is God? Uh, and many people regard God as a personal God involved with everyone and everything. How, how would you answer that question? I'm sure people have said this to you in your work as a bishop. So the question is, what's the question again? Oh, many people, I, only recently I had somebody saying that to me when they were a child, they went through some difficulties and they couldn't work out where God was in all this. You know, all the difficulties... Oh, I see. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, um, I think um, many religions uh, tend to uh, equate God with with a personal God. And so someone who kind of looks looks out for you. Um, And so if things are going wrong, then, you know, people think that they must have done something wrong or... What can they do to make it up to God to change things around? And we, we, many people tend to think of God as being a, um, a a father figure who, you know, is a disciplinarian, but also um, has great love for us and, and looks out for us in our own personal travels through through life. And so that's that would be why people would feel that way. They feel that uh, you know, where is God? I mean, I'm, I'm doing all these good things, so we all think. Why, why would bad things happen to me? And I think that's why they asked that question. I think you're absolutely right. And um, I know you're going to go on to discuss many different aspects of God. Um, so many people also have different ideas, don't they, about what God is. Different religions have different ideas. Um, some Christians I know, and you see it on bumper stickers, that say, Jesus is God. Um, others worship different gods. Uh, such as 
in the past, the ancient Egyptians and Romans and so on. And how, how do you tie this all together, Brian? How do you um, give people an answer about what God is from looking at the well, past and, and the different know, religions? For, for me, I mean, um, you know, the, the, if you look at all the world religions, certainly the major religions, they all teach you to do the same thing. Uh, they teach you that um, you should be kind to one another, uh, that you should show compassion to others, you shouldn't kill people, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't be selfish, you should do, other, do, do to others what you would have them do to, to you. So all, all this is pretty much universal for all the traditions um, on earth. And, and so we, we often forget that all the religions be, believe and agree on the most important things, and that is how you should live your life. Now, where it varies, of course, is um, you know what exactly God is, or is is your God the same as my God, or you know should I eat pork or not eat pork, or you know all these kind of little questions. Frankly, um, and we oddly enough we kind of get hung up on those, and then we <laughs> then we start wars <laughs> and kill yeah. each other because of these these. Yeah frankly fairly small differences um it's funny that you have a small difference and you have the crusades for example and you have like tens if not hundreds of thousands of people slaughtered uh in the name of religion which is staggering it it really goes to show how barbaric we are on this planet it really does and i think you've really got the key there brian and that is to find the common ground rather than we tend to, and even now, and you talked about the Crusades, but today, obviously, there's also this division created by different beliefs. And Even within religions, there's huge differences. I'm sorry. Even within religions, there's huge differences. And huge, you know, in the, in the yeah. Muslim religion, there's two sex, main sexes of Muslim religion which, which really don't like each other at all. And, of course, Christianity, you have all the, the, the troubles in Europe, um, uh, decades, centuries ago because of different sects in Christianity. It's, it's wild. Yes, and I think that may be a reason why so many people seem to be leaving uh, the churches and becoming atheists and, and becoming depressed about life. And I think it's so good that you are you know, doing this show and also giving a lecture here in Royal Oak, and we'll talk more about that later on this very topic, because it is so very important to everybody. And... Um, to see this, understand what God is, because without that, then people can get very, very confused. I'm going to give a quick plug here, if I can, Christine. Um, yes. When I was when I was young, I was uh, about 20, 1976, and uh, I was, you know, my girlfriend was a devout Christian. I was agnostic, but I had an had an experience uh, when I was traveling in Central America that kind of opened me up and. And I was studying uh, yoga, and I was interested in a little, little bit in, in metaphysics and UFOs. And, and the thing that really opened my eyes was when I stumbled upon this book uh, written by Dr. King, The Nine Freedoms. And it just, it, it, it put everything in order. You, you, you understood um, the, the religions, where they came from. You understood uh, why... Uh, more ancient religions uh, believed and worshipped the sun. You understood UFOs. You understood about the nature space. Everything kind of came into into focus, and it was it was such an uh, amazing experience that I had when I read that book, and it really gave me um, a tremendous understanding more than I ever had before about the nature of God, shall we say. And the end of for sharing that, Brian. Hmm. That was the beginning, I suppose, of your serious quest, was it? This, it was. When you had that understanding. Yes. Yep. So, Brian, you'd mentioned um, earlier to me that you were going to talk about five different aspects of God. Now, this may seem surprising to the listeners until you uh, have a chance to discuss this. So, uh, would, would you like to um, explain this to people? what these five aspects are? I uh, can do, sure. The, uh, the, the first aspect would be the, um, uh, the aspect of the idea that God is everything. Um, and you have this right. in, in, um, in Hinduism, you have this in Taoism. 
uh, and it's, 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 it's been around for thousands of years, and which really means that uh, God is everything and there's nothing outside of God in the universe and beyond the universe. Um, that's, so that's, that's, that's the first aspect. Second aspect is God the creator, which is Brahma in um, the Hindu religion or uh, God in the Christian religion. Uh, or the sun in um, some other religions. Uh, I think it's called, I think, the Jade Emperor uh, in Taoism. And this, this is the creative God. So you, we can start to understand, have a start to have a relationship uh, with, with this aspect of God because it created us. It looks after us. It, um, it's always there kind of a thing. Then the next uh, aspect are what I call the lesser gods. Um, and this would be the bodhisattvas in Buddhism, or, or the Master Jesus, Lord Buddha, Sri Krishna. Um, these tend to be personalized um, uh, figures that have personality, and they have compassion for us. They understand our plight in life, and they they help us, and they they give us. They tend to be the ones that give us the teachings, and um, kind of expect us to to do good, etc. Uh, and th this probably we have the most. Um, relationship with are these, are these lesser gods, shall we say. And then the fourth aspect is the God within. And that's the concept that we are a part of God. We are a spark of God. Um, we, are, we are an aspect of God. And everyone else is also an aspect of God. And this is important because you wouldn't kill someone if you really believed that they were an aspect of God. And then the final aspect is a bit more, um, can be a bit more confusing for others, for people, and that is the concept that the law of karma is an aspect of God. And this is an essential part of God, which is moving all of the sparks of God back to a conscious oneness with God. And that's, <laughs> that's a very brief um, synopsis yeah. of the five aspects of God. Well, thank you very much for that, Brian. Um, very, very interesting way to look at it and help us to understand this vast and mysterious subject of God. Um, interesting, uh, just thinking about the God within, because this is very, very important for us all, obviously. And, um, you know, in the Christian faith, this was never talked about until um, the, the mystic gospel of St. Thomas was found, right, in the I think, uh, in Egypt, Nag Hammadi, I think it was, in 1945. And then in this gospel, of course, it referred to this God within. So this was, a part, I think, part of the Aquarian age of the truth coming out, because this is so important for us, and yet it was hidden, uh, not revealed in the Christian faith, because, I, I mean, I think, I don't know what you think, Brian, but I think this, of course, gives us, um, when we realize that we have within us an aspect of God, it gives us responsibility as well as opportunity. I mean, um, it's a that's big, a, that's a big, change, that's a good point. It? It's a very good point. We, we, we have, we have, we, we need to be, you know, um, we're not only are we gods, but we're, we're really, we're kind of gods. We're, we're, um, we're training gods, you know, we're oh, learning yes. to become gods and, and clearly, you know, all of us have a dark side, and all of us make mistakes, and all of us don't uh, act the way we always think we should, because we're training. We're, 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 we're trainee gods, and we should always be striving to be more and more godlike. And that's where these beautiful teachings from the Sri Krishna and the Lord Buddha and the Master Jesus, they, these teachings help us learn to be um, uh, better gods in our travel back to conscious gods. And the more we can understand that, the more that we treat everyone we meet um, with love and respect and compassion, uh, the better we will, will all be. Oh, that's a fantastic way of looking at it, Brian. I like that. We're gods in training. That's a very, very good um, way of looking at it. And that every day we can go that little bit nearer and unravel that bit more of our light and our power, or we can sort of go backwards. I think that's a very, very... Um, Empowering also, way of it's, looking it's, at it. It's it's good too to to remember that when when you're in training, you know you make mistakes, and some of the best ways to learn is through making mistakes. And so don't yeah. be too hard on ourselves when we make mistakes. See it as a as a chance to 
um, to learn a lesson and, and become better gods. Yes, I think that's a very good point. And also when we go through our difficulties, it may not be mistakes as well, um, our health challenges, our financial, emotional challenges, we can learn then too, can we not? And That's, a, um, that's another superb point, that's right. Look, look at the challenges that we have, the difficulties and problems. Look at those as, as the um, uh, ingredients that we need to learn from to become gods. In other words, it's not just random happen, happenstance. That really gets back into this, this aspect of karma, is that karma is, is helping all of us learn to become gods. And sometimes we have to go through these difficulties to, um, to take that next step. Yes, I think that's very, very, um, very important for people to realize that because so often I've heard um, people say, you know, why is this happening to me? Over and I'm sure you have many times, Brian. Oh, yes. And, you know, it's the way you explain that, I think it explains why it's happening to people. And it's a good thing. And um, if if we take it as a good thing, if we realize that we are gods in training, I think that's a great catchphrase, actually, Brian. It's really, really a good thing to remember for all of us every day. Yeah, and it, interesting. It's, 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 it's difficult. It, it's very difficult to keep your mind on that because we live in a world that worships materialism. And everywhere you look, you're being told that you know materialism is king. And it's not yes. that important um, how we treat each other. I mean, that's not entirely true. Um, but the, the emphasis is certainly on materialism, on being successful, um, being materially successful, um, having a perfect marriage, or having a, a wonderful house or two or three, um, having a good car and a good job. And, and all of this is considered to be the most important aspect uh, of life. And, you know, it, so it's hard to keep our minds on the really important things, which is the spiritual things, which is helping others and which is growing ourselves within and doing the right thing for others, even when it's not easy to do that. Those are the most important things. It's very good to remember that. Thank you, Brian. Also, you said something very interesting about your five, the five aspects. You said um, that karma is one aspect. Now, this may seem strange to people, some people. Um, The thought that karma is an aspect of God or God is, I think, a fairly new concept, would you say? Um, It it is. No, it is. It's a difficult concept. There's no question about that. That's one of the the things that we uh, we thank Dr. King for, is is giving us that concept. Uh, Of course, it was talked about by the Master Jesus and the Lord Buddha um, as, as a law, you know, as you sow, so shall you reap, and action and reaction are opposite and equal, but it wasn't really explained in the way that it, it's an essential aspect of God, and it's <clears throat> it's like it's the pressure, and that's, um, I'm going to have to call it like karma is pressure. It's a pressure moving all the, the pieces of God, all the sparks of God throughout the universe, moving all these sparks of God back to this conscious oneness um, with God. We're all, we are one with God, but we're moving back towards a conscious oneness with God. And, and karma is that essential part of God, which is, which is making this happen, which is driving this, 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 this um, back. And so that's why it's such an essential aspect of God itself. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Um, I think most of us, probably all of us, feel that pressure, whether it's uh, through our conscience or... You know, at certain times when we sort of know we should be going in a different direction, perhaps there's this pressure to move us in the right direction. Is that what you mean by the pressure? Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, 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 um, sometimes we can feel it, and sometimes it, it manifests through um, experiences. And so we'll get like a, yeah. um, a bad marriage or, or a tough job or have a, a, a bad accident or these kinds of things. They aren't just happenstance. They... There are higher cells, you can think of it, or the spark within, you could think of it, um, arranging these things to happen so that we can learn uh, and grow and, and, and make sure we're on the right path uh, back to God. Uh, and I, th- I think as, as you go further and further on the, the path, 
I think you're right. More and more will will kind of understand and see these nuances of karma um, moving us in the certain directions. And and I think that's you know that's one thing that you you learn from from being w- with Dr. King is that um, he and undoubtedly other great beings, their their great science, their great um, learning is to learn how to go with this, these great karmic laws and how to get people to maneuver themselves to be in the right flow with this karmic uh, pressure. And it, it, the, the great science um, from, from the interplanetary beings seems to be um, all around uh, working with this law of karma uh, so much more than, than we, we do here on Earth. Yes, that's a very good point. Um, indeed, and of course we're going. We've got to learn to give up this free will, which we prize so greatly, to move in the direction. <laughs> we love it. We say, yeah. Working with the law, the great law of karma, more important than our laws on Earth, although we have to obey those as well. Right. But another yeah. interesting concept that you brought up, Brian, was um, this concept of hierarchy. And when one reads the the Twelve Blessings and the Nine Freedoms. Hierarchy is very clear that there is a hierarchy, yes, and I wonder if you could explain. You talked about um, the lesser gods, for example, um, indicating this hierarchy again. Is there anything you'd like to comment or expound upon that point? Well, um, I mean, in, in essence, the hierarchy is from those beings that are closest to God. Um, right. are helping those beings below them that are um, evolving to that point. Um, and so you have, uh, it's kind of hard to, um, you have like the sun is, is, the, is the most advanced aspect in our solar system um, to God. And so below the sun you have the planets and then you have um the great interplanetary beings that reside on the other planets. And so these are all um, lower uh, beings to the sun, not, not as evolved, not, not as close to God, not as close to the conscious understanding of God as the sun. And so these beings look to the sun as, as an example, as inspiration, as, as, a, as, as a, you know, almost hesitate to say, but as, as a really advanced guru you could say and so they they try and um uh follow um the rules if you want to call it that or the guidance or the inspiration from these higher beings much like you 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 would say on earth you have very advanced areas in in the east um uh, tibet and and india and this kind of place we have certain gurus who are very advanced and the students around these gurus will follow what that guru suggests um, that they do because they, they know that that guru is closer to God than they, and they can help them. Now, it's unfortunate in the West that we, we tend to kind of get a f- too many false gurus, and so it kind of paints this bad picture in people's minds in the West that, that gurus aren't real and they aren't and they're all fakes and whatnot. Well, and they aren't. They are. They aren't all fakes. I mean, there's many, many, many wonderful gurus. But um, because I think the people in, in America, especially, we tend to be moving towards secularism, and so we we try to um, not have a belief that there are beings that are more evolved. But there are, and it's um, you know, it's it's it's. Yeah. it's I guess that that's that's where the hierarchy comes from is that you're you're looking looking for guidance uh from people beings that are closer to god than than we are, yeah, and interesting you say about the sun because people used to worship the sun, of course, and when yeah. you look at I always think you know, when you go into nature, you see all the the flowers turn towards the sun, and we went that's to right. recently, and yeah. the little turtles would had their faces towards the sun, <laughs> it's like they were worshiping yeah, it's the beautiful. sun you know, it's, uh, that's right. 
That's right. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And I don't, you know, a lot more about astronomy than I do, Brian. But I read recently, I don't know if it's true, that the sun makes up, is it 96% of the solar system or some incredible figure? Yeah, might, um, might even be higher than that. But yeah, it's, 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 really? it's in the 90s for sure. Yeah. Of the, of wow. the mass, of the mass of the, uh, the solar system. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> and of course, the <laughs> earth is. on which we live is a. The nearest thing to God which we can touch, is it not? We can touch, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're very, very blessed to be, have these reminders of the God within, all around us. So well, it, it, again, it just takes us getting getting out of our materialistic um, pursuits long enough to... Uh, that, that's one reason why it's a good break for people in a city to go out to nature um, and get away from the materialistic... Um, um, stimuli coming at us all the time in the city and go out and, and observe these things, the beauty of a tree, um, beauty of the sun and of grass and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and the majesty and the spirituality of a mountain and the stillness and serenity of a pond or stream. And these can kind of pull us back to our, our spiritual roots. And I think that's, that's a key that you mentioned earlier on is that People are moving towards atheism, but there are also there's a lot of people that are moving away from dogmatic traditional religion into a more of a spiritual um, uh, concept, and that that's a that can be a good thing. You know, being spiritual yeah. is the first step for sure. Well, this is true. It's a good point. Yes, many people are, um, and there is a great love for nature amongst many many mm. people, as you say. Yeah. So. Brian, I think this would be a good time, actually, um, to have a break, if this is okay with you, and um, sure. we can carry on afterwards, and so I'd like to hand over to our producer, Nikki, who will give us the announcements. Thank you. Well, well, thank you. Absolutely fascinating, and thank you, Chrissy and Brian. You are listening to A Serious Radio Live with host Chrissy Blaze and her guest, Brian Kniep, discussing what is God? And why should you care? The Assyrian Society continues to be extremely active, so please do bear with me on the following announcements. Those in the Michigan area are in for a treat. Chrissy Blaze will be holding three interactive classes in the King Yoga series on personal development and world service. These will take place on Saturdays, June 22nd, July 13th, and August 17th. Brian Kniep will be visiting at the Michigan branch next month and on Friday, July 19th, from 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m., he will be presenting a lecture, What is God and Why Should You Care? There will be two pilgrimages to Mount Baldy in Southern California, Saturday, June 22nd and Saturday, July 27th. Meanwhile, in the Assyrian Temple in London... Tuesday, July 9th, at 7 p.m., Noemi Bates will present Mysteries of the Goddess, another interesting subject in the King Yoga Experience Series. Saturday, July 13th, starting at 10 a.m., there will be an all-day workshop with Alison Lawrence and Mervyn Smith, Crystals, Discover Their True Power. You're also warmly invited to take part in a very special Operation Prayer Power pilgrimage to Holston Down in North Devon, UK, on Saturday, July 27th, which will be dedicated to Dr. George King as part of the centenary celebrations of his birth this year. As always, you are very welcome to join us every Saturday and Sunday in the live online 12 Blessings services. And to find out more, please visit 12blessings.org. That's 12 in digits. Good more good news, 12 midnight GMT, July 5th, heralds in the first hour of the second spiritual push for 2019, when Assyria Society centers worldwide welcomes again into orbit of our Earth, the giant spacecraft we know as the third satellite, flooding our world with much-needed spiritual energy, which lasts until August the 5th, during which all spiritual actions performed with a selfless motive are enhanced by a factor of 3,000 times. You are warmly invited to any one of our centers for this potent first-hour service. For details of all activities, please visit Aetherius.org. The next Aetherius Radio Live show is on July 16th 
when Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze will be discussing a very thought-provoking topic, energy from satellite number three, the specifics. Phew, so that's it for now. So I'm very pleased to return you to your host, Chrissy Blaze, and her guest, Brian Kniep. Thank you very much, Nikki. We do have quite a lot going on in this serious society, don't we, Brian? Oh, yes. Never stop. <laughs> this is, a, as regular listeners will know, this is a very important year for us this year. It's a centennial celebration of our founder and master, Dr. George King. And so we're everywhere in the society. We're really very, very busy pulling out the stops. And this is a great year for you to come along to the Etheria Society. And I have to say one thing about, even if you're listening today to this fascinating show with Brian, uh, please do try and come along to his class. Make a note now, July the 19th, 7.30, because it's one thing listening on the radio, but it's another thing coming along and having the experience. And Brian is going to lead us into, and we'll talk more about this in the show, into practices which will take us closer to this God within. And so being in the mystic presence of the temple in Royal Oak, it's a beautiful spiritual vibration. And being able to ask questions and experience this with Brian is, will be a wonderful experience, I know. So <laughs> looking forward to you it. Know, you, you mentioned um, the, the temple. And, you know, uh, I have the, um, the honor of going to uh, most of our centers um, um, in, in the world in the Ethereum Society, and I have to say, um, one thing that really stands out uh, with, with the Michigan um, Temple uh, is that you, you've got these 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 little kind of um, mini altars. You've got the main altar with the, with the amazing cross uh, connected uh, metaphysically to all 19 holy mountains, and all the centers have that, so they're all interconnected as well. But you also have these very powerful. Um, Many altars, uh, like one in particular, is one to the, the the Master of Earth, the Lord Babaji, and you know it's particularly potent. I, I really feel that if you go, if you ever, if you do visit the Michigan branch and you take it, take the opportunity of going up to that altar on the right side over there and just really tuning in, because you can really get a sense of this this great Master uh, through that very small but potent um, little altar you have there. Yes, yes, thank you, Brian. Yes, it's a, a wonderful temple, I have to say. And uh, we look forward to you coming very much uh, once again. So I'd just like to say that one last question I want to ask you, Brian. Um, you've talked about the different aspects of God, and we've discussed that a little. But for, for the listeners, do you think God can be described? And if so, how would you describe God? I know it's a big question, but uh, over to you. Well, I mean, God is everything, so you can't. It, it's hard to describe everything. So uh, you can say nothing, or you can say everything, and and you're describing God, because uh, that's that's what. Um, if you take the the main, the, the truest aspect of God, uh, is that it is everything. Like for example, there's a there's a great um, um, quote from the uh, Upanishad, one one of the Upanishads, the, the ancient text. Uh, of the Hindus, where it says that the best way to describe God is not this, not this. Because whatever you say, however you describe God, that's not God, because God is everything. Um, right. So you really, you just, you just can't, um, you can't really describe uh, God, because it, it, it is everything. And it's behind everything. And it's before everything. So it's very difficult to, um, you know, other than that, other than just, um, just silence. The only only best way to describe God is, is silence. Yes, yes. But there are some beautiful um, quotes, are there not, from different teachings, and we have, of course, in our teachings, absolutely wonderful descriptions. Um, oh, in the absolute, yeah, the the, the, the twelfth blessing. It, it, there's beautiful words in there by the Master Jesus. Absolutely. Um, but really, when you when you listen to it and, and read it, um, it's the message Jesus is telling us that it is everything. It's all in all and all in all that. Um, it's behind even these things. It's uh, it's infinity and even even more than that. It, it all these these ways of describing God is just uh, it's it's basically saying that you 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 can't 
really describe God. Yes, exactly. And one thing also about that beautiful blessing on the absolute, it, it actually includes, I think, most, if not all, of the aspects that you talked about. Was it not the, um, the God within, um, the, the, the hierarchy, if you like, and so many things in it? And yet, as you say, more than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a history, beautiful, it? beautiful. I mean, people um, have attempted to describe it, I suppose, through their own uh, experiences of God, through their enlightenment, through their raising of the Kundalini and experiencing uh, God. But sharing that, I suppose, and our master, yeah. he did uh, share as so much, didn't he, with with his per- very personal experiences that he went through. Oh, he no, he did. He uh, it was the. How he was able to um, uh, get across some of these experiences um, so beautifully—it's—it's it, it's, uh, staggering that he was able to do that. And in several occasions, uh, he, he did that. Um, it really, and also his ability to um, explain to us through um, how to do practices um, is staggering. I just got through teaching um, this advanced pranayama course. And, and in there, you find different aspects where he somehow he knows how to have us visualize in a certain way that will have an effect on us. Um, but, you know, he's so much far more evolved than we, but somehow he knows what we need to do in our brains to have these experiences. It's, it's truly amazing. Yes. Yes, and of course... Um his great generosity in reaching the higher states and then sharing as much as he possibly mm. could with us to help us to, mm-hmm. in our training to be gods, to help us move forward. And that was always his motive, wasn't it? In Absolutely. his personal development and all his work, actually, to help humanity move forward towards God, which is fantastic. And I know a very important part of the class, uh, Brian, that you're going to be uh, doing and the probably you'd say the most important part is where you're going to be doing a lot of practices. Is that right? Mystic practices. Well, one one practice, one practice. Um, oh, one practice. But, <laughs> but it's a very very potent practice, and it's it's uh, well, first of all, the, the you know, truth and practice. You can't really say one's more important than the other. You need them both. And so the the first part of the class will be the truth, the truth of what God is, as best as we can get our head around it. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of like giving the left brain some, some, some tools. And then you want to um, augment that with practice so that uh, you can then go within and then you can start to touch this spark of God within. You can start to feel the silence, um, feel the majesty, the spirituality of ourselves. And when you combine those two, uh, a regular touching, a regular going within, and um, a regular thinking about God and spirituality, um, when you add those two together, it's very, very potent to help us in our daily lives uh, withstanding the pitfalls that are all around us by um, being too engrossed in materialism. So you really need those those two points, the, the practices and the truth, and that that will inoculate you from, from all this all this mess that's all around us, especially in cities. Yes, that's a very good point because I think I know in my own life one becomes so busy, um, oh, yeah. very rarely, even though one does spiritual practices and prayers and mantras and so on, very rarely does one really spend a lot of time in the silence for most people. I mean, we're not in convents, we're not in monasteries, um, but to spend, I think that's important. I think you once said that to me, Brian, that you you find that very valuable, that period of silence after your spiritual practices. Well, I didn't know. I mean, that's something I've learned. You know, it took me like a bunch of decades to figure that one out, (laughs) because so often you're trying to do these practices like an exercise. You know, so like you'll, yeah. you'll like you'll do a jog. You so you go and okay, I gotta do my two miles today. You do your jog, then you go on and do something else. And I, for many many years, I did 
the practices like that. I would do say half an hour of mantra or, or half an hour of breathing exercises, and then I'd get up and okay, go to work. You know, and um, and I finally <laughs> figured out that uh, do your half an hour, or better yet, if you only have a half an hour, do 20 minutes of mantra or breathing, and then leave that last 10 minutes to go into the silence and 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 tune in and do some contemplation. Give yourself, you've built yourself up to that state. Now use that state. That's that's the the, the cream. Use that state to um, go within and, and, and contemplate or think or just feel. Um, that, that's the most valuable time. Don't waste that time by jumping in your car going to work or having a bowl of, cereal, of Cheerios. <laughs> Use that time to, uh, to go within and, and, and start to explore that inner, uh, inner life that we all have, but we don't visit it very often. I think that's a very good point, Brian, because I think it's much more powerful to do the approach that you just said than just sitting down and saying, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be silent and contemplate for an hour. But I mean, the mind will work and so on. But to do what you said, to do your spiritual practices intensely, to do your breathing exercises, and Dr. Kings are amazing because they lead you, the, the last exercise leads you to mm. this point of the God within, if you like, this point of silence so it's a perfect beginning as you say and then to have this silence and it really makes a huge difference i think well that's the practice that um that we'll be uh doing um at the, at the lecture there is ah. he, he he gives us uh, dr king gave a very interesting and powerful technique way back in 1961 um which isn't generally used so much in the society but it's it's kind of a combination of a few things and you the the concept um, is to you have to get your brain really activated. You have to really get it active and and um, vibrant. Um, and we use a couple of things to do that. One is mantra, and one is a powerful visualization practice. And so we get ourselves really active um, in say maybe 10, 10, 15 minutes, whatever. Really going, 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 going. Then you stop. And then you go into the silence, and that's and that's the the, the huge key that that he gave to us. And I, I have to say, you know, I, I have dabbled in um, mindfulness uh, off and on for many many years. I really kind of like that practice of the Buddhists, um, but it it takes it takes for me anyway. It takes a long time to get somewhere which is really. Um, I don't know, really nice, shall we say. Uh, and I found, I found that with this technique, um, that basically I rediscovered it, really, because it's kind of, it was hidden in, a, in an early, um, early recording in 1961. And once I started using this technique, um, uh, not every time, but uh, on occasion I'll get to uh, a much deeper state of mindfulness than ever I did going the, the normal route of mindfulness, shall we say. It's almost, you could think of it almost as a shortcut, but not in a bad way, a shortcut that just gets you up to that state, uh, and then you can linger in that state um, for, for a while. So it's, it's, a, it's a great, wonderful technique. Well, we really look forward to that, and please, everyone, do find the time to come along, because, you know, Dr. King was a very practical master, and he knew that most of us don't have, like, two hours a day to do meditation, unfortunately, we'd like to. But as Brian says, it's, it's a kind of a shortcut, if you like. I know what you're me you mean. And uh, a chance for us to learn this technique, which we can always use throughout our life. And remember, the, the mystics of old, I, I always think about the anchorites. They used to brick themselves up so that they really? had no distractions. I suppose people <laughs> would feed them with water and food occasionally, but they would literally brick themselves up. So they were totally undistracted. Well, we can't have lives like that. We're not supposed no. to. This is the no. age of action. But it's so vital, and I'm so glad you're bringing this up, Brian. And I'm so glad you're teaching this class because it's going to be a vital tool for everybody. Um, it is. Learn. It really is. You know, and the more, and he, and he, he says, <clears throat> Dr. King says that he acknowledges that the, in these days the most important thing is action. Uh, that's no question about that. I mean, uh, the great masters said uh, they're bringing a new language to 
the earth, the language of direct action. And that's, um, that's, that's, that's the key words uh, in these days. Um, but he also says that you have to also, on a regular basis, cut yourself off from everyone else, um, however you do that, uh, and go into the silence. Uh, it, it's an essential um, tool, it's an essential, not tool, it's an essential um, uh, health need for someone on the path in order to stay as productive and as sane and as um, balanced, you have to have periods of silence. And it's a great way of, uh, to start to control the mind, is it not, as well? Yes, because definitely. The brain yes. yeah. doesn't want we to all, be We controlled. all need that. <laughs> Pardon? We all need that. Yes. Of course, as, you, as I, we were talking earlier, the, the pranayama, the breathing exercises, is a great way to control, begin to control the mind and the oh, emotions. Gorgeous, but then to yeah. lead into this silence is um, a fantastic approach to take, as you say. Yeah. Well, this this other technique. I mean, again, there, there's never several ways to go into the silence, but this this technique that um, I'll be teaching, it, it's it can be a fairly quick way. Uh, you can do it in 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then, then from that point, then you can stay for another 10 or 15 or 20 minutes in the silence. So it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, um, it, it's kind of like with breathing exercises, you, you're trying to activate the psyche center. So it's, it's also like a long-term thing. Um, and then you have a wonderful period at the end. But it, it's, it's also kind of exercising the psychic centers, whereas this practice, it really just is designed to get you up to that silence. Uh, and then you can linger there. So it's, it kind of gets you up there um, quicker, um, shall we say. It's just it's different. It's just different. And, of course, we are unraveling all the ties that have bound us for lifetimes, aren't we? Every time we strive for that, would you say? Reach well, you know, I, I read somewhere that, um, I think this was, uh, like, might have been uh, Swami Shivananda, was saying that uh, there there are two ways through karma. I mean, you can... You know, if you um, if you do something bad, then of course we, you know, as you sow, so shall you reap. Or action and reaction are opposite equal. So you'll get something to come back that will um, uh, hit you, so that you learn not to do that bad action. Uh, but there is another way to get through that, and that is through meditation. And that if you get to if you get to a point, um, or contemplation, or silence, if you get to the point where you fully and completely learn that lesson that, um, uh, th that you did something wrong um, and you thoroughly learn it through meditation, you will not then have to go through that uh, reverse um, reaction. Well, that's very, very interesting. I hadn't heard that. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's worth a try anyway. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, and also, um, Brian, I mean, the reason I suppose you would say, I don't know what you would say, we're striving to find this God within because it's we have this power within us. We have this love. We have this wisdom. We have this understanding, this light, that every time we strive for it, we're beginning to express a little bit more of it and so shine in the world as, well, you say um, you say that what we have within, and it's something that's been running around in my head. I'll see if I can't pull this um, this quote here. Uh, here we go. This is from the One Energy. Uh, the same energy which holds a million worlds in the vastness of all space is the same energy which makes small man's heart beat. Then he says, if you go into this heart and use this most wonderful energy, you can contact the vastness of all things. So that's within us. Yeah. That's within Beautiful. us. We can go in and feel that love in our heart, um, feel that stillness in, that, in, in our heart, our very own heart, because we are a spark of God. And if we feel that in our heart, we can feel the vastness of all things. And that's the beauty of going within. That's beautiful. It's so powerful and beautiful, yes. And 
this is the journey that um, is the best, most vital journey any one of us can take. Is it not this journey of unfoldment, of reaching for God, the God within? Yeah, I know there's a, was a good quote by the Master Jesus. It said, may, may your journey through experience be a wonderful one. Is that a great, yes. great, uh, a great, a great greeting? May the yes. journey through experience be a wonderful one. Yes. So, I mean, the work we do in the Etheria Society, we're um, doing all we can to help the world in various ways, as you know, through all the different shows. But we're also urging people, as Brian is, on this quest to urge people to find that power, that light, that love within them and express it. Um, and it's such a such an important thing and such a beautiful thing. And um, Brian, is there any personal experience or any experience that you had with our Master, which um, sort of brought you nearer to God, if you like, um, that you felt you had unravelled an aspect of this part of you that you'd like well, to share? Yeah, it, you know, it, I have thought about that, obviously. Um, but there isn't so much one thing uh, or even a few things that um, did that. It, it was more the cumulative thing, spending so much time every day, hours and hours every day with with Dr. King, where you, you just – you – you kind of get infused with this, um, on one hand, amazing dedication uh, with an amazing ability for intensity. And yet, on a day-to-day basis, it was like he was, um, he was just, riding along this wave of karma. And he was going through what we all do, goes to sleep, goes to bed, goes to sleep, gets up, have breakfast, um, make some phone calls. You know, it's, it's on a, it's a day-to-day basis, just kind of going through life, um, as we all do. But you could feel that his, at, when he's doing that, it, the overriding um, aspect above it all was this this um, intense desire to help mankind. But he knew that he had to do it in this, for him, almost, well, incredibly slow motion fashion. And um, in a way, that's what we're continuing, because we're doing his mission. Um, we're spreading the teachings that he brought through and he gave. Um, and sometimes it seems like we're going slow and slow motion and things aren't moving very quickly. But, you know, there's an art. There, there, there's a yoga. There's a beauty to doing this karmic work in a slow fashion, but do it um, correctly. Do it elegantly. Do it um, with, with respect and love. And it's like I just watching him do that whole thing over years and years and years and years, hours and hours and hours every day, most of the time just doing normal things. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that uh, personal uh, experience of the Master. You had so much time with him. And, of course, he had made that unconditional surrender to God. So he was such an example to us all on this journey back to God. And that really is a key, isn't it? Is there anything you want to say about that aspect, this unconditional surrender he'd made? Well, he... I guess that's kind of... Um, that, that, that's the overriding energy that was operating above him is that is that but he was he was here yeah, yeah he was here for one reason and and so he had already made that unconditional surrender well that's not entirely true he he made the unconditional surrender coming here but then once he 
was here, he also had to make he had to continue that unconditional surrender to God. And and despite all the the frustrations which were unbelievable for him, you couldn't imagine the frustration that he, he felt because he was trying to do so much with, with people that weren't very evolved. Um, but uh, he he just he just held on to that 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 vision and that and that knowledge, uh, and, and every day he would spend time um, to kind of stay stay in touch, stay in tune um, with with the greater things. Every day he he was very had a very ritualized day, and so at least two if not three times a day he would he would spend time um, just alone, being alone, and um, and doing whatever you need to do when you're alone. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that glimpse into one who really had, uh, was so much closer to God than than we are, so much closer. Yeah. Great uh, cosmic intelligence. And um, I wonder, Brian, we're coming to the end of the show, unfortunately, uh, when... We'll hand back to Nikki for the final announcements, but I wonder if you had a, a final thought that you'd like to share about this such an important topic. What is God, and why should we care? Well, I think the most important thing is that um, once you feel that there is a God, right, once you feel that there's, there's some part of you, that there is a greater spiritual essence beyond yourself, then the natural tendency is you, you want to know more about God. Because if you know more about God, you know why you're here, what you should be yeah. doing, how should you treat people, why do you have problems. Then, I mean, then it, it becomes um, the more you can know about God, the better. And it's one thing to be studying what other people say about God, but, and that's good. But the most important thing you can do is to go within and feel and learn from that God within, because it's right in your heart. Learn from that spark of God in you, and and then and then you'll you'll on your way. Well, thank you, Brian. That's a wonderful thought to to leave us with. And um, as I very very much appreciate you on the show and hope it will be soon before you come not too, too no, sorry, not too long before you return and um, I urge again all the people in Michigan to make a journey on July the 19th if not before but especially for this and to meet uh, our bishop Brian Kniep the right reverend I look Brian forward Kniep. to meeting everyone uh, in Michigan I, I love the old Midwest I'm from the Midwest and I, I love the Midwest yeah. south of the earth the Midwest I'm sorry? Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth, yes. Like our master, actually, Dr. King, from the north of England. That's also right, from similar. The people there were salt of the earth, rather like the Midwesterners, very similar yeah. in temperament. Yeah. So thank you again, Brian, and um, remember, everybody, this is our big quest. We are gods in training. <laughs> and, That's it, uh, gods in training. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you for having, uh, as always, a very I'm good sorry. show, Christy. You do a wonderful job. Well, thank you much for, for carrying on this important work. Thank you, Brian. And over to our wonderful producer, Nikki. Well, <clears throat> thank you so very much, Christy and Brian. What a wonderful way to finish. Uh, God's in training. Great. <laughs> And please, and please, if you are in Michigan, please do try and attend Brian's talk. It really sounds fascinating and very exciting indeed. So that's at Royal Oak in Michigan on July the 19th. Brilliant. You have been listening to A Serious Radio Live, which is your cosmic connection, the third Tuesday of each month. As always, our website, aserious.org, has more information and details of the various publications, such as The Nine Freedoms and The Twelve Blessings, and audio titles available on CD and download. You can connect with your hosts, Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence, by visiting their respective sites, chrissyblaze.com and richardlawrence.co.uk.
We really look forward to being with you next month on July 16th when Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze will be discussing energy from satellite number three, the specifics. So we hope you have enjoyed listening to Ethereum Radio Live and wish you all the very best and look forward to being with you next month. Thank you very much, everybody, and God bless you all. Thank, Thank you, Chrissy and Nikki.